Hi, my name's Alex Bellinger and this is Small Biz Pod on Tuesday the 13th of March. Coming up in today's show, uh, I cover the thorny issue of sales. No business can survive without sale, selling at some point down the line. And uh, many startups in particular, many small business owners, when they're at the point where they have to do everything, find the sales process perhaps the most uh, anxious and um, worrying element of uh, their new business. So I talk today to two, well, you could call them sales ninjas, uh, cold calling ninjas, uh, Mike O'Hara and Greg Grimer with years of uh, city experience uh, selling to uh, people in Wall Street, tough nuts to crack, so they really should know what they're talking about, and they do. So uh, look forward to that coming up very shortly. And then uh, I've got a, a range of email comments through, but I thought I'd quickly cover off uh, the comments that were left on the blog. Uh, both uh, Pon Sabra and Wendy Pearsall left um, kind comments and trackbacks on the Small Biz Pod blog for episode 41. You remember that was the show that uh, where I interviewed both Pond and Wendy as well as Emma Jones from Enterprise Nation on the subject of uh, homeworking and specifically uh, work-at-home mums in relation to Wendy and Pon. So uh, thanks very much for your support there, guys, and it was a, a pleasure to have you on the show. And then, uh, as I say, we'll cover... Uh, email comments from listeners uh, at the end of the show but just one uh, frapper map sign up uh, who is claire from bexley heath in kent uh, i'm in kent as well so you're not far away from me claire uh, who says hi small biz pod help me get my web design biz running so thanks very much uh, good to see you on the map and uh, good luck with the business i'm sure it'll go well now let's go straight into the interview on cold calling uh, with Greg Grimer and Mike O'Hara. Okay, it's been a while on Small Biz Pod since we covered the thorny issue of sales, and um, without selling, no small business is going anyway, anywhere. So um, I thought it was about time that we came back to the subject, and in particular for many, what is a, a controversial subject, and that is cold calling. And I'm delighted to welcome to Small Biz Pod today Greg Grimer and Mike O'Hara, uh, who are. Well, they actually run a podcast, and I'm sitting in um, their, their, their rather nice studio here, very luxurious, uh, probably a comfy seat, and they run a, uh, an excellent podcast dedicated to the issue of sales and cold calling, uh, called the Cold Calling Podcast. So, uh, Mike, Greg, welcome to Small Biz Pod. Welcome, Thank Alex. you. Hello. How are you? Just tell us a little bit about, you know, Cold Calling Podcast, why did you start, what, why are you guys telling us how to, how, to, how to sell? Mike and I both have similar backgrounds in that we both come from selling technology, high level technology into banks. Um, and in order to do that, there are essentially two paths that vendors typically take. One is they market and wait for the phone to ring. And the other is some of those sales guys will get on the phone and make what amounts to a cold call. Mm. They may call it a prospective call, they may call it, you know, looking for new business, whatever they're going to call it. But essentially, they're making a call that's unsolicited. Now, this is a mistake that many people make when they think of cold calling. They think it's cold for them. 
But it's actually the cold applies to the person who's receiving it yeah, yeah, more than yeah. the fact you're making it. Cold. Well, I think many small business owners will recognise those types receiving those types That's of right. cold yeah, exactly. calls. Okay. But I mean, nobody does cold calling these days, do they? I mean, other than if you're a dodgy, dodgy, dodgy um, well, double glazing salesman you're, you're, or a kitchen salesman. You are partially right. If, if you go to a vendor, many vendors, even big business to business vendors, there tends to be an attitude of, it's a bit beneath my dignity to do it. There's other ways of marketing. You see, sometimes see these adverts on the internet, if you look up cold calling, never cold call, or cold calling doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Nevercoldcall.com. And that, that attitude, <laughs> yeah. which you're right, is prevalent, is precisely why it does work. Because not actually that many high quality cold calls are made. So if you get a credible person calling you, and they are calling you about something that is a genuine solution for your business, and they can articulate it within the opening 30 seconds, mm. the chances are you're going to engage with them. Mm. The precise reason it will work is that, is that a good person who knows what they're talking about, and particularly a business owner who's got credibility, mm. can, in the first 30 seconds, articulate their value and get into the upper 5% of people that call them, and they'll say, you know what, this time, this guy does sound interesting. Okay, you've now got my attention let, get me an email. We'll talk next week. So uh, though that is that is, uh, I suppose, in its truest sense, potentially a cold call. But then you also get into the area, Mike, don't you, of of, of qualifying cold calls? So sort of warming them up before yeah. you make that call. And there is an argu- again similar arguments that are out there that that networking for for startups and small businesses is is a way of warming up potential contacts at which point mm. does that follow up telephone conversation is that really cold calling or or is that qualified leads what's your well i, th- I think on that? there's certainly always value to <clears throat> using whatever method you can to to get in front of people um to to look at your value proposition whether that's through networking through trade shows through advertising whatever i mean there are all different forms of marketing but what cold calling or what we call cold calling gives you uh, that pretty much no other means of marketing does give you is a two-way conversation with somebody that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm. That you're approaching someone who didn't know you existed, mm. you know, doesn't know you, when, when like, like Greg says, it, they're the one who is cold when you call them. Mm. Um, so it's, it's taking something and creating uh, a, an opportunity where none existed at all in the first yeah. place. And that is the real beauty of, of, of cold calling uh, as opposed to other... Because all, because all these other types of marketing will get you 60%, 40%, 30% of the market. Mm. What do you do about the people that didn't turn up at the networking event? Mm. What do you talk to do to, about the people that never received your brochure because you didn't ever have their address or didn't know they existed? The beauty of this is that you can find somebody on Thursday afternoon at 12 o'clock on the web, think, that's an ideal prospect for my product. And by mm. 1 o'clock, you can be speaking to him. Mm. By 3 o'clock, you can have read your email and you can go and see him next Tuesday. Yeah. Now, there's no other form of marketing that gets you that quicker response. And ultimately, with brochures, with email marketing, and with many other forms of marketing, they're one way. You push them out, and you hope for the best. Yeah. And what yeah. comes back, comes back. And obviously, some people are totally disinterested because you send it to the wrong people. Mm. But there's a group in the middle who say, you know what? It's kind of on my radar, but I'm not going to react to it. I'm not, significant, I'm not so interested right now that I'm going to get on the phone and call this business and say, I'm interested, send me a sales guy in next Tuesday. Mm. But if that business were to ring them up that afternoon and engage them in a conversation, mm. then two things would happen. One, they would react and give them at least that reaction and say, okay, you're on my radar, I'm, I'm, I'm partially interested. Mm. That, therefore, the seller would be enlightened about that and would be able to add them to some 
stage in their pipeline. Yeah. So that's the beauty of this. You automatically get feedback. You know, the, the, the feedback thing is interesting because, uh, uh, and we were talking a little bit beforehand, before recording this, and, and I was saying, well, it is, it is a bit like sort of one-to-one focus group with real potential customers rather yeah. than, uh, than a rather strange selection of focus group uh, bodies. Um, but, I mean, like direct marketing, I mean, not like direct marketing, but, you know, this is direct and inter- potentially interrupting yeah. um, mm. uh, approach. It, uh, not everyone is going to respond well to this. No, in no. the same way as uh, with direct marketing, I think the statistics are it's maybe between one and a half and three percent success rate. That's an awful lot of wastage. Yeah. How much waste is there with cold calls? And don't you run the risk of upsetting those potential customers who have a problem with receiving cold calls? Well, you've got a, a few points there. Yeah, sorry, it's a rather, yeah, sure. it's a rather unfair, I'll, multi-layered I'll, question. I'll address them one at a time. Yeah. Firstly. You don't do this to customers you reach through your other methods of marketing. So if you've met someone at a networking event, mm. you don't cold call them six weeks later as though you never met them. No, no. You're doing this to fill in the gaps. So you're only really making unsolicited calls. Let's call them that yeah. because that's what they are. Yeah, yeah. You're only making unsolicited calls to people that you haven't reached with other marketing. Yeah. So in that sense, you've got nothing to lose because, all right, you might piss half of them off, but mm. you get half of them as customers. Well, great. Mm-mm. You know, Mm-mm. You, you don't make an omelette without breaking a few <laughs> eggs, do you? No, no, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Secondly, if you do this professionally and properly, yeah. and we cover that in our cold calling podcast yeah. on the web, yeah. how to do it professionally properly, yeah. the number of people you piss off is actually quite low. Yeah. Very, you, very few. You yeah. cut to the chase very quickly. Mm. You cut to the value quickly. You don't yeah. sell your product or service over the phone, that's, that's death. Yeah. You cut to the chase and you say, this is where the value is. We've added value to this business. You name drop. You drop names of firms that they'll have heard of. Mm. And then you say, you know, I just want to get on your radar. That's the point of the call today. Uh, and now I'd like to get you some information by email or by, okay. or by yep. letter. Mm. And, and, and in a sense, the call is an introductory one to say, I'm credible enough that you should give my email three minutes of attention. Yeah. And then I'll call you in two weeks' time and say... What was your response to the things I laid out yeah. in the email? Yeah. And so it's the way of getting the ice pick in to begin climbing the mountain. Yeah. That's the point. So, I mean, that, that, that is, um, and your podcast covers this in huge depth. I mean, you've done how many podcasts now? <laughs> 26. 26. 26. So, in, in a 20-minute in a uh, small biz pod, we're not going to be able to cover all of these, all, no. all, of, the, all of the complexities. But just in terms of um, practicalities for um, small business owners, when you, are, when you first set up uh, or start up your own business, very often, you know, the owner manager is the person who is doing very many of the jobs. Yeah. Mm. Um, that one of those jobs, which, as I sort of said at the outset, is absolutely vital, is selling. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people, when they start start business, suddenly think, "Oh, <laughs> I've not got to sell," mm. yeah. and they don't know how to do it. No. Simple as that. What what practical advice would you give to um, entrepreneurs, small business owners, startups who haven't come from a sales background? To give them the confidence, Mike, to to actually take things forward and and get out there and and gain some confidence by by selling some stuff over the phone. Well, I think small business owners, uh, business owners in, in general, have got a, a real advantage when cold calling that uh, salespeople typically don't have. Well, they've got a couple of advantages actually. Well, the, the first one is that as you know, the CEO or the owner of the business, they've got instant credibility um, because they're not a salesperson just you know, going through, through a list of, uh, of potential customers or, or some kind of dialing list. You know, they, they own the business, they know exactly 
the value of what they're selling. If they didn't, then they wouldn't have set up the business in the first mm. place. So they, they really believe in the value of their product yeah. or of their service. Because they, they have that belief, uh, and then that automatically gives them a level of, of confidence yeah. um, and a, an ability to um, express that value when they're calling somebody that maybe a salesperson wouldn't have because a salesperson mm. can't be paid to sell a product. Um, so they've, they've, they've got that advantage in the first place. Um, so it's just a case of, of using that and, and um, identifying you know, who your potential customers are mm. uh, and the ones who... Because uh, I understand, I mean, it is difficult cold calling. Greg and I find yeah. it difficult still after yeah, yeah. many, yeah, yeah, many yeah, years yeah. of doing yeah. this. So it's not yeah. the easiest thing in the world to do. And it's worth but, pointing out <clears> the people we call are the movers and shakers on Wall Street. Now, you can imagine those guys are pretty tough. I mean, they don't suffer yeah. fools. No, no, no. Okay, so yeah. if you can do it to them and it works with them, it will work with anyone, provided yeah. you do it properly. Yeah. yeah. And the main thing is you have to be as you would expect to be called if someone was calling you. You need to cut to the chase. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be credible. You need to know your product and service. Now, obviously, a business owner, as Mike said, automatically does. But if you're credible, you know your product and service, and you do cut to the chase, most of the time, you're going to get a reasonably warm response. So just, to, just again, you know, coming, coming right back down to some, some real sort of practicalities here. Um, you pick up the phone. Um, you get through to the, to the right person, and we'll come on to yeah. how do you get through <laughs> to the right person, which is also a big An issue. art in itself, yeah. Um, your pitch, is it, are we talking like you know 30-second elevator pitch? Are we in that territory? Yes, yeah, 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 we're yeah. in that territory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, essentially, you have to say, this is who I am. We add va- we, this is how we add value, and we've added value for this company and this company and this company that you've heard of. Yeah. And obviously, if you don't have a company, then you've got to come up with a kind of virtual case study. Yeah. That's mu- you know that's harder. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. still doable. Yeah. Okay. But essentially, you have to engage their interest enough for them to take some next step, and that will typically be that they'll commit to read an email. Yeah. They'll read a letter you send to. Email's not very good en- anymore, actually, because people no, yeah. just delete. Yeah, they've been. Yeah, yeah. But e- even if it's an email they're expecting a lot of the time, it still ends they up going into. And a they standard. won't commit any time to it because they're not used to committing time to email. Um, but a letter you send through a brochure, they'll 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 at least skim it and come to some conclusion. Because mm. what you're looking for initially is a qualification of how close your solution is to something they want. Mm. And they may say, this is really important, I want to do something on this this quarter. They may say, this is on my radar, and it's definitely worth talking to you in six months. And they may say, look, realistically, this isn't anywhere near where we are as a business. Yeah. But all of that is valuable feedback to you. So in that first call, you are not selling anything. No. You're, you're, you're really, you're, you're really <coughs> just selling your credibility to yeah. say, yeah. give me three minutes to look at what we do sell. Ideally, on that first call, what you want is a, a commitment from them that they will look at something yeah. and be in a position so that when you call them the next time, you can take it to the next level yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, you know, yeah, to maybe yeah. arrange a meeting or whatever. But you really want to have a commitment and a definite action yeah. at the end of the call yeah. uh, that, that they'll commit to, to, to looking at your, your proposition. Yeah, okay. Because otherwise they'll end up sort of throwing it away and saying, I'm not interested, without knowing what they're not interested in. Yeah. And that's a very common mistake that salespeople tend to make. Mm. They ring up, they don't explain what they do properly, and the person just thinks, you know what? I don't want to take this because I fear the time it will absorb mm. if I start on a process. Mm. So they, business people who buy things are used to killing processes before they begin. Mm, mm, right? mm, they mm, kill them mm, in the womb. Mm, mm. Because if they don't, it will never, they know that time will just all get sucked yeah. up by sales processes yeah. that will never come to anything. Okay, so 
I alluded a little bit earlier about you know getting through to the right person. Obviously, if you're talking to the wrong person in the first place, then you're wasting that, you're wasting their time, and wasting your time. So, uh, how, Greg, do you go about? Uh, and again, it's a big subject, but you know, in short, in brief, how do you go about identifying um, the right person to call? Well, generally, when you're running a business and you're doing any marketing, you'll have some idea of who buys your product and service when you started your business. Mm. Um, Most product and services will be bought by the chief marketing officer or the head of HR or the CEO of the firm Mm. or the the chief procurement officer or a manager in the firm that you can identify by title. And if if they're not, if they're randomly purchased, then in a way you've got a problem marketing anyway because what trade show do you go to? (laughs) Who do you send the brochure to? Um, Marketing has to be targeted to be effective, generally. So you're only going to be pros- making prospective or unsolicited calls to the same types of people anyway. The way you'd therefore go about doing them is you'd, you'd look at where you're marketing now, you'd look at the gaps in that and say, what firms are we not talking to? Who hasn't turned up to the trade shows? Who, who, ha- who haven't we talked to? Mm. And you Google that firm and that title. Mm. So generally, if you put in um, CMO, Cisco, you'll find the yeah. chief marketing officer of Cisco. Yeah. You'll find the name come up. Yeah. And you know, generally, the chief marketing officer works in the head office. Yeah. Not always true, but usually it is. And presumably, if it's, if it's a, a smaller scale business, it is, the, it is a fellow business owner in that context, isn't it? Could very well be. It could very well be, yeah, if you're yeah. selling to other small businesses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. in, in, that's, that's, you know, Google is a, a blessing for everyone these days in terms of research, and, and clearly you, know, you can build quite accurate... Uh, databases of prospects that way. How do you actually get to people, though? Particularly if you're selling to sort of mid, mid to, to mm. mid-sized to, to corporates, the the sheer volume of people, Mike, who yeah. who are there to to get in your way, the PAs who are there to uh, just be, yeah. and who probably don't always have the awareness of of whether a an inbound call is going to be relevant or not. How do you get to that? The the very key thing, the most important thing, is to get that person's direct number. Okay? So... you don't want to kind of try and get through a gatekeeper or whatever. You want to go round a gatekeeper yeah, and, and, yeah, and phone yeah. the person direct. So the important thing is to find that person's direct number. Um, or and, cell phone number. Or, or cell yeah. phone number. And these numbers, yeah, everybody has got a direct number or a cell yeah. phone number. Uh, and they can be found. Yeah. And there are certain <laughs> tricks and techniques and tips that, uh, that that you can use to finding those those direct yeah. numbers. Which, we've, which actually got two, yeah, we, we've got two separate podcasts. Yeah. Direct numbers one and direct numbers two. Yeah, yeah indeed. So, I mean, I won't go into it in, in no, detail no, no, here, no, but no. There, are, there are some some quite innovative ways that you can use yeah. to, to find people's direct numbers. Once you've got someone's direct number, you need to call them at a time when they are likely to be taking calls on that number. Because, mm. again, a lot of the time people are in meetings all day yeah. or they spend half the day diverting calls from their direct to their secretary. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you need to find a time when they're at their desk or when they're on that number and call them at that time. Yeah. And that and, tends to be 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. It tends yeah. to be 4 p.m. to 6 30. Yeah, yeah. Often, if they're a senior person of business, they'll work late. I yeah. mean, it's a myth to think that senior people go home at 5 30. They don't. They're mm-hmm. often there till 7 mm-hmm. 30 at night. If you call them then, their secretary will certainly have gone home. If, if the phone's going to get yeah. picked up, they'll be picking it yeah. up. And it, Which kind of quite neatly brings on to uh, how much time do you devote to uh, well, cold think, calling think, or, or calling yeah, in this, and prospecting? I think, in this I think way. if you sit down every day for one hour mm. and you call from, you know, at the end of your day from, say, five o'clock to six o'clock, as a yeah. business owner, yeah. you're doing the right amount. You don't need to do more than that. That should yeah. be plenty because that will be constantly adding these both 
prospects into your own sales pipeline, mm, mm. but also giving you that very valuable feedback, not from customers, because customers are going to give you a different kind of feedback than prospects give you. Mm. Customers all, you know, want to say nice things because they've got a relationship with you. Yeah. Prospects will tell you like it is, and they'll yeah. say, look, we're, not, we're, we're really not interested in buying that service for these reasons. And then you can either ignore them as a, as a potential market, Mm. Or you can say, well, I need to change what my product does so it addresses what they want. And I think this is, uh, psychologically, this is an important point here to, to, to help people who are not used to making these types of calls get over the initial fear. Because I think fear is, is not, by any stretch of the imagination, no. too strong a word no. to use no. for, for many people. And that is, if you, if you approach it in terms of um, almost soliciting feedback you know or the, the possibility of getting feedback about your products and services yeah. to help um, develop and grow and refine your offering potentially yeah. mm. if you look at things if you look at it that way the tone of the conversation in your own mind, your own mind becomes yeah. different and it? I agree and you're right to think it's good if you think about it that way but you certainly don't want to sell it that way no to no because no. they think hey why should I help you do free yeah, market yeah, research yeah, yeah absolutely. You've, you've, you've got to lead it in with Here's the value I add. This is why you should look at it. Yeah. This is who I am and who we're talking to at the moment. And if you cut to that chase very quickly and you cut out all the chatter, mm. you just get to that point and say, I'd like to send you an email. Would you take a look at it? And could I give you a ring next week? Yeah. Get some kind of commitment out of them. Yeah. Then you, It's a bit like catching a fish. You get them to bite the hook first and you pull them in at the right speed. Pull it too fast, you rip the hook out. Mm. Mm. Pull it too slowly and it'll wiggle off and swim away. Yeah. So it's very much like fishing. And it's a good, good analogy. I like it. It's almost a good point to end. But there is one small item that I would just like to cover. And, and I've heard small business owners and, and others and startups and people thinking about starting a business worry about it. And, and primarily for, you know, in the UK, although I'm sure there are, there are similar systems in, in, in the US and other jurisdictions. Uh, and that's the telephone preference service, i.e. can small business owners ring up anyone they like? Uh, as in a business-to-business environment, um, my understanding, and I, I'm a bit sketchy on the details, but certainly in a business-to-consumer environment, the answer is no, they can't yeah. think of anybody they like. If they're phoning consumers, they have to check with the TPS list yes. before calling anybody. Because if you make a call to a consumer who's on the TPS and, um, and they report you, then I think you get fined or whatever. So yeah. you want to make sure that doesn't happen. In B2B... Greg, I'm not sure if you know this or not. I know there were that uh, Ofcom or whoever were looking at introducing the TPS for for businesses I think as well. They have got it now, but I they think you'll find that it's pretty ineffective in as much as it only applies if you're making truly unsolicited calls from a list. Mm. But I think if you've got a reason to make the call, mm. so if, for example, um, they've done a uh, press release or you've got any kind of angle as to yeah. why the call's being made, yeah, 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 then yeah, I think it's yeah. legitimate to make the yeah. call. Yeah, which, which, which leads us on to, to one final point is when calling, it's always a good idea to, to try to give them, you know, it has to be a call that, they, that the person you're calling wants to take. Mm. And typically, somebody is going to be more open to taking a call if it's something that they can kind of uh, relate to themselves, if, it's, if they've been in the press recently or if they've been quoted on something yeah. or whatever. And you can lead straight in with that. You know, yeah. I saw the article yeah. you wrote on this or saw you speaking at this event or whatever. Uh, that gives you an in straight away. Yeah, um, um, press but, releases are, are one of those tips for, for direct contact numbers as but, well. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Coming from a PR background, 
get an awful lot of useful inf background information from yeah. the press release. So, so if you, I think if you go in with an angle of, you know, we're connected to someone in LinkedIn together, um, I, I just saw that you did a speaking event, etc., etc. I think what you've done at that point, in effect, is you've not really made it a cold call. It's a business call. It's an yeah. investigative business yeah. call, yeah. right? I think under those circumstances, you probably never get reported to the TBS, mm. TBS mm. right? Mm. And the fact is, if you get reported once, I don't think anything's going to happen anyway. You have to be reported. Oh, they asked to be repeated twenty yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. You repeat offender for them to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, we'll, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll check out some information on that and put a, yeah. put a link in the show notes to, sure to, to information from B two B. I mean, obviously, we know that B two C, but business to consumer, you, you you do need to get a, an authorized list, as it were, before you start making those. Calls. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, but in terms of business to business. Um, We'll, we'll, yeah, I'll, put a, I'll put a link up to some more info there, uh, official info there on, on the website. Um, so, uh, Mike, Greg, thanks very much for uh, allowing me into your studio, which is really a, a kitchen table, basically, Mike, isn't it? But it's, uh, it is, it's, this is the beauty of podcasting. Uh, for, for, fortunately, the guys outside stopped drilling for their lunch hour Indeed. while we did this. So, that's good. so uh, thanks very much, guys. Um, okay. And do... Uh, as you know, I've indicated in this podcast, it's a, it is a huge subject. Um, there's an awful lot of useful information advice on the Cold Calling Podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, coldcallingpodcast.com. Very uh, simple. There you go. Yeah. Uh, number one in Google. <laughs> Absolutely right. The Cold Calling Podcast, I believe. <laughs> it would be. Uh, thanks a lot. Thank thanks, you Alex. Much, Alex. Cheers. Bye-bye. I really enjoyed that chat with the guys and i think a lot of really useful information there and if you really want to get stuck into some of the detail and some of the really good tips practical tips and advice that greg and mike have uh, then just head on over to coldcallingpodcast.com can't say i'm not doing my bit for uh, british business podcasts at the moment emma jones from enterprise nation was on last week uh, the cold calling podcast guys this week um and um yeah, I think they all deserve a plug because uh, there are a lot of good business podcasts out there. Now, um, I did, I will put a link to the uh, telephone preference service for businesses in the show notes. Uh, there are various things that you do need to check out, and to be one hundred percent safe, you probably need to check lists against the business TPS, although, um, as Greg hinted, there may be uh, ways around having to do that. Now, uh, just to conclude uh, and to say thank you to all those who have emailed me over the last week to 10 days, um, first of all, I had an email from uh, Michael Smith, who is looking for help on franchising. He says he'd like to buy a food and drink franchise, and he's been looking on various websites for more information. Um, he's had catering experience and run, uh, or been involved in his family-run business, um, and but basically is dreaming of working for himself um, and is looking for advice on possible franchises. Now, I've directed him to the BFA, the British Franchise Association site, and to a list of their members who deal in food and drink. But if uh, any listeners out there have a, a good franchise opportunity from a, a respected franchisor in the food and drink field, why not uh, drop me a line at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk or you can leave an audio comment by uh, simply dialing one of the numbers listed on smallbizpod.co.uk or by phoning my uh, Skype line, which is alex-smallbizpod. 
and leaving a message and then I'll, I'll play your feedback on the show. So uh, hopefully, Michael, my advice has been useful, but it'd be interesting to hear what other listeners have to say. And then I had a, a really lovely email from Andrew Turner, who uh, lives in Italy, the lucky man, who says, just listen to the latest show and wanted to say thanks for the mention. Since last contacting you, I have signed up with Zing and along with your show, of course, also now listen to the Enterprise Nation podcast, which is also very informative. Thanks to these things and the general buzz surrounding small business on the web, I'm no longer feeling quite so isolated out here in sunny Italy. Um, plan also to visit a Web Wednesday event very soon, which I heard about through your show. As a result, all of this new con- as a result of all this new contact, my little web design business is also picking up. So hopefully, this is at the o- only the beginning. Many thanks, and once again, keep up the good work. So many thanks for that, Andrew. It uh, really, really does make a big difference hearing that all these things sort of add up to something and uh, is basically helping businesses like yours and as i said to you if uh, if you do end up going to a web wednesday event in london let me know and i'll buy a pint uh, and that goes for any other listener well <laughs> perhaps any other listener depending on how many of you jump out of the woodwork and appear at web wednesdays uh, but yeah it'd be good to see you there um, and uh, share a drink then I had also an email from James Hunter who says, just wanted to drop you a quick note. I've been an avid listener of your podcast since last year and finally decided to take the leap this year and start my own business offering IT support to small and medium-sized businesses. Thanks to some of the advice and tips I've heard from the cast, it's helped me to find and follow the right path. Keep up the hard work and I look forward to many more casts in the future. And that's from James Hunter. Uh, So James, thank you very much indeed. And then I had another email from uh, Jerry. Uh, actually came via the uh, Shell Livewire forums. And Jerry says, um, I've recently discovered your podcast and I'm working my way through them, currently at show 19, um, each night as I go to sleep. Although the girlfriend isn't always impressed that I lie there with my earphones in listening to startup chat. Well, it's better than other kinds of chat you can get, uh, I, I guess. More useful, maybe, um, and less embarrassing. And uh, she, uh, he, uh, Jerry, that is, thoroughly enjoys the show, so he says keep up the good work. Um, thanks very much for that, Jerry. Uh, I, too, listen to podcasts uh, in bed uh, and sometimes get uh, throttled myself on the cord at about 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, there must be there's something, something about listening to podcasts at, at, at night. Uh, I, I have to admit also to falling asleep during some of them, not because they're not good, just because I'm very tired, have two very small children. and um, But I, I, I kind of feel that a lot goes in through osmosis. But, yep, I can sympathise you with you there, Jerry, um, and thanks for uh, getting in touch. And then, finally, um, uh, uh, not an old listener, he's young, I'm sure, but... Uh, a loyal listener, Nick Fogarty, who's based out in Barcelona, originally uh, from New Zealand, says, once again, great work on the podcast. Enjoy listening to them on a weekly basis. And pleased to hear you've secured a sponsor for the show. Uh, he then goes on to recommend to Small Biz Pod listeners um, a series of podcasts produced by the Stanford Technology Ventures program, which I found extremely useful. And while occasionally quite US-centric, there are some fascinating interviews with key entrepreneurs from the likes of Google, MySpace, and so on. Also gives an insight into the different entrepreneurial ethos which exists between the likes of the US and the UK, a topic you touched upon in a recent podcast. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to the Stanford University or Technology uh, podcast. They really are very good. I listen to them and uh, you all should do too. Um, Thanks, Nick, for mentioning that. And then finally, 
I had uh, an email from Patrick Molden, who is not only a graphic designer, but really into his progressive uh, trance and uh, is a music producer. And he has sent to me uh, one of his tracks. Uh, he finds the, the business information in Small Biz Pod great, but also enjoys the music. And it's good to have uh, Patrick write to me as a, as a, as a fellow progressive uh, trance and house music appreciator and business, small business entrepreneur, uh, enthusiast and uh, runner of a small business, as it were. So, Patrick, very many thanks for sending me the tune. And it is your tune that uh, is my choice for this week. Uh, his uh, outfit is called Fitzpatrick, and the track is called Flashback. Last night, I was on the road alone, and this 
Shake it off. I'm having a flashback. 